0: Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So good to see each one of you back in the house of the Lord. And today we have a special guest also. We are so happy to see uh, Pastor Robinson uh, with us here in the service. I ask him and the wife to just stand and as we welcome them. Just give them a big hand. Pastor Robinson, can you please stand? There's Pastor Robinson and the wife Mary. And uh, they are our network pastors as well in Sarawak. They pastor a great church, you know, Pastor Robinson uh, pastor a great church in Miri. Whenever you are in Miri, visit the church. You cannot miss it. It's the it's the church on the hilltop, all right? And uh, right in the center of the town itself. And now we have a new partner. We have a great partner, even for the work in uh, Sarawak. And we thank God for the partnership whereby we are able to reach out in missions, even to the interior part of uh, sarawak so last year i think uh, it was last year that we had our first trip and there will be many many more to come so praise god for a pastor and a church you know who share the same vision even in reaching out to the interiors for the glory of the lord praise god well this weekend we are having our we are uh, weekend and uh, basically, it's, uh, we want to appreciate all those of you who have served the Lord, and we want to encourage those of you who would like to serve the Lord to do so in a very, very positive and very concrete way. And you see people wearing the T-shirt and you wonder, hey, what are all these, all right? These are GT T-shirts, and uh, we have printed quite a few of these in, uh, for the, uh, in the past years. You know, we have not printed any of these in the last few years, you know, and so these are People who have served for for a while, and those of you who are wearing the GT T-shirt, whether blue, black, or uh, red, or white, can you please stand? Please stand. All those wearing the GT T-shirts, give them all a big hand. Wow. There are so many of them, so many of you. Thank you so very much. Uh, please be seated. We really, really appreciate you. And uh, like I say we have we for the past few years we have not printed any, but we still have surpluses even from the past years. And if you like to get uh, a T-shirt, you may just go to the counter at the back and get a, and, and buy a T-shirt for yourself. You know, and uh, these are very very comfortable. And uh, this is also uh, a kind of. Uh, a, uh, belonging even to the church here with this uh, identification through the T-shirt. Praise the Lord. Now this year is a year where we call it as the unstoppable unstoppable love. Alright, unstoppable love. And uh, uh, our text is taken from John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Uh, sorry, 33 and 34. I have not really... Touch on that text as yet. I'm still just uh, touching on the context of that passage of scripture. And uh, today, you know, uh, I'd like to touch on We Are GTIANS. Everybody say, We are GTIANS. We, are G-Tians. we, love. we love, we serve. We love. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. We are Gethians. We love, and we serve. My text is taken from John. Chapter 13, verse 1 to 5, and John, chapter 13, verse 12 to 17. I know that the last, uh, in the the first service of the year, I encourage all of you to bring the Bible, and we want to read from the Bible, all right, the hard copy if possible. Uh, But today, because uh, I'm taking, I'm jumping from a few verses here, we'll just like to read the passage of Scripture on the screen. Shall we stand together for the reading of God's Word? And let's read together even these uh, few uh, verses found in John chapter 13. Are you ready? Let's read it. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it, and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do that. May God add blessings to his word. Thank you. Please be seated. John, in this passage of scripture, give us precious treasure. He not only recorded for us the actions, the deeds and the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, but under the revelation of the Holy Spirit, He took us into the thinking, into the thoughts of our Lord Jesus Christ. What was Jesus thinking about during these final hours of His life on earth? This incident happened in the upper room There's a few hours before he would be betrayed and he would be crucified. What was Jesus thinking about? So John gave us the thoughts of our Lord Jesus Christ. Precious treasures. There are things that we need to know in order that we may have effective, powerful ministry and a fruitful life. What are these things that we need to know? John tells us and gave us an insight into that. The first thing that we need to do, the first thing that we need to know in order to have a powerful, fruitful ministry and a fulfilled, and a fulfilled life is to know who you are in God. The Bible tells us John thirteen three. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands and that He had come from God and was going back to God. There are three things that Jesus knew. And John told us these were in the mind of Jesus Christ. He knew exactly. Bible says He knew who He was and where He came from. Jesus knew where He came from. He came from the Father. He knew exactly who He was, the Son of the living God. There's no identity crisis at all, even with our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's important for us to realize that because that is a foundation of everything else that He did. He also knew His authority in God. The Father had put all things under His power. As you look at the disciples, 12 of them plus Jesus, 13 of them, 13 men in the upper room. And the religious authorities and the enemies of Christ were out for His blood. So there were 13 men gathered in the upper room, cowering in that upper room. Are they fearful? Are they panicky? It may seem that way, but I tell you, there is no greater power on earth as was was there in the upper room. The most powerful center on earth was there in that upper room when Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power. Jesus is not a victim of a sinister plot to kill him. In fact, he was more powerful than ever when he was up there in that upper room because he knew the Father had given him all authority. Wow. He also knew where he was going, the Bible says. He was going back to the Father. He was longing to go back to the Father. The Father and the Son has never been separated until the Son put on flesh. Walk on this earth, live on this earth, minister on this earth for about 30 years and now finally the hour is coming. He's going back to the Father. He knew it. I think we are powerless when we think so little about heaven. The problem with us is we think too little about heaven, we talk too little about heaven. We think only old people need to talk about heaven. No, all of us need to think more about heaven. All of us need to know where we are going. And when you are assured of that, hey, you're not afraid of what happens on this earth. Heaven is a beautiful place. Heaven is where we are destined for. But we live our lives as if earth is everything. No. Earth is just a short span, but heaven is everything. Eternity with God in heaven. That's glorious. That's our destiny. Jesus knew he's going back. So these three things he knew. He knew who he was. He knew he has authority. He knew where he was going. And out of that flows his life of service. He had no crisis in identity. That's why he's able to serve the disciples. That's why he's able to wash the disciples' feet. A person who is not secure in his identity can never do that. How can Jesus, the Son of the living God, stoop so low as to wash the disciples' feet? Jesus says, you call me Master and Lord and truly I am. He did did not have a crisis in, in his identity, Master and Lord. But when you are secure in that identity, you can do anything already. You see, there's a reverse in our world. The higher you go up, the less menial job that you do. Isn't it? The big boss... Don't wash cars. Don't clean up the toilet. Don't pick up rubbish. Big bosses don't do that. It's only for the janitor. It's only for those who are in the lower rung. And if the boss does that, there will be a crisis. Crisis of his identity and crisis of perception, perhaps. We think that the bigger we are, the, the, the higher we go up the corporate ladder. Hey, these things are too lowly for the big boss to do anymore. But when the person is able to do it, it's only a secure person. I'm high up here, but it doesn't mean I don't do all those things anymore. I don't lessen myself at all by doing the lower ranking job, the menial job. I'm secured in my identity. Those who are not secured in the identity says, that's not my job, I'm too big for that. Over somebody there's better than, than them? They feel insecure already. But Jesus was so confident. He was so sure about himself. That's why he's able to wash the disciples' feet. And that's important for us to know. Our identity. Who am I? Turn to your neighbor and ask, Who are you? Hmm. Now, that would take a long time to answer. <laughs> they have made all kinds of movies out of this question, Who Am I? Jackie Chang. There is a movie that says, Who Am I? And then there is the Jason, I don't know, Jason what, you know, I forgot the name, The Born Identity. He doesn't know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but who am I? It's very important for us to resolve this first, to understand who we are and who are you. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, See, behold, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Hallelujah! Very clear. The Father has lavished His love on us. Lavish means over the top, beyond your imagination. That is the love of God that He has poured and shown to us. There's nothing that you can do to earn this love. Your greatest achievement your greatest wealth, your greatest rank cannot buy this gift of God, the love of God. He just pours it out freely upon each one of us. All you need to do is just receive it. And once you receive it, what happens? He gives you a title. Not a doctor, not a lawyer, not a professor, And he did not call you apostle, prophet, teacher. He calls you my child. He calls you sons and daughters of God. That's the greatest cycle that you can ever have. The greatest identity. That is what we are, the Bible says. Sons and daughters of God. Don't ever take that very lightly. When you are sons and daughters of God, your identity is tied in with God, who He is and what He does. When you are sons and daughters of God, your power is derived from there because you are royalty. Do you know that you are royalty? That's who we are. We are royalties. When you know that the Father has lavished His love on you and you are sons and daughters of God, there's no fear in you anymore. You are not afraid what people call you. You are not afraid what people think about you. You know who you are. Hallelujah. Even when you are preaching the gospel, whatever thing, whatever service that you render unto God, you are not afraid anymore. Because your identity is rooted in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So who are you? Everybody say. Yes, I am a child of God that is forever settled. You are a child of God. Pastor Gwen have already preached a powerful message last week on The Father's love, you are not an orphan. You are not an orphan. You are a child of God because the Father has bestowed His love on us. Songs of Solomon says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Whoa. That's who we are before God and that's who He is to us. There's that love relationship. And our service unto the Lord must flow out of that relationship. Brothers and sisters, it starts with knowing you are God's beloved. You are God's beloved. He loves you so much, He's willing to do anything for you. And in His love, we find our identity. We belong to Him. So because of that, I am a forgiven sinner. I'm one with Christ. I am an adopted child, a liberated slave. I've been renewed and I am in God's grip. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. That's who I am. A child of God, a son, a daughter of God. And when you know that identity of yours, you will have power. You will derive power even in God's lavish love, in your new identity, identity in Christ. That's why Paul is so particular about this, that we must know our identity in Christ. He spent three chapters in his letter to the Ephesian Christians telling them and assuring them who they are in Christ. Ephesians 1, verse 4 to 5, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. God is looking for a family. He's been seeking for a family. That's his will. That's his pleasure. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And when you receive that, friends, you become an adopted son and daughter of the most high God. And our identity is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Your job is not your identity. And somebody asks you, uh, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a teacher. Hey, that's what you do. That's not who you are. That's what you do. All right. You practice law. You teach. But who are you? Your job is not your identity. So many of us find try to find our identity in our job, and we wear ourselves out. If we don't know who we are in God, we spend most of our energy doing things to define our identity. But our identity is not found in what we do. But in whom you are by the grace of God. So when we minister, we minister, you know, out of who we are, not to try to find out who we are. When I was in America, studying in the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary, near to that school in Springfield, Missouri, is a big Bible college, Central Bible College. I took a few courses there, and I tell you it's a big college. Already about 4,000 students at one time. 4,000 students? Wow, there must be revival going on in America, isn't it? When you have 4,000 students in one Bible college... I say, amazing. And every year there are thousands degraded. I say, man, where do all these people go? Are they serving in churches and all that? And I discover, the people there told me, hey, all those who come are not those people who are called into the ministry to serve God. Many of these are young people and they're just, they are just trying to discover who they are. They are just trying to discover their ministry. And many of them, you know, Will not go into the ministry. Sometimes they are sent by the parents. Sometimes they just try to just uh, in between times. Or sometimes they just try to find out whether the, whether that's, that's that's their cup of tea. That's the fact. But you find that, hey, when we are not secure in our identity, we try to do a lot of things to discover our identity. We think that's who we are, but hey, that's not the real thing. When you are secured in your identity, when you know who you are, then you find that everything just flows out of you. First and foremost, I'm a child of God, and I'm a servant of Almighty God. I'm a pastor, yes, but pastoral duties and pastoral jobs are just the things that I do. But first and foremost, God has called me to serve. I'm a servant of God and everything I do comes out of that service unto the Lord. Even if the title pastor is taken away from me, it doesn't mean I lose my identity and I go into a crisis. No. When you are a child of God and when you know that God has called you, chosen you to serve Him, then it just flows out of you. Wherever you are, whatever that you do, that's the real you. not only are we children of god we are also family of god he has called us all together somebody say amen. amen so therefore we are a different answer we are children of god we are family of god now i'm looking for the big word we are g t s yes you can't miss that can you we are g t s hallelujah I'm glad to be a GTian. I'm glad and thankful to the Lord for this great family of God in glad tidings. 25 years and I'm so thankful to the Lord for placing me here more than I ever deserve. This great family of God We are g So turn to your neighbor and say, welcome home. Amen. You are home. This is the family of God. We are called to be a child of God, not to live in isolation, but in the family of God. Children of God, you belong here. And I pray that you will discover this place, this people as your family, the family of God. Devoted to one another, loving one another, serving one another, encouraging one another, praying for one another. I'm not saying we are perfect. We haven't done all these things perfectly yet. But let's do it together as the family of God. Amen. Amen. So know who you are. Secondly, know why you are serving. Know why you are serving. John 13, 1, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them. He loved you. He loves me. He loved them to the end. The word the end doesn't mean the same thing as a man who says to a girl, I love you to the end of the world. And then next month, he changed his mind. The end here, yes, is the end. It's going to be the end of the earthly life of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not just a reference to to time. Telos in Greek means perfection, completeness. That means it's a perfect love. You cannot add anything more to that love that Jesus Christ demonstrated to the disciples. He loved them complete, full, perfect love to the fullest measure of love. That's the love of Jesus Christ for His own. The disciples gathered there and for us. And out of that, He served. It is because of this love that He served them. He washed the disciples' feet. He had the last last supper with them. That final night, He demonstrated the fullest extent of His love. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 5.13, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. How are we to serve one another? Through love. In love serve one another. So therefore, through love serve one another, and true love serves one True love serves. That's the quality. That's the demonstration of love. True love serves. No matter who it is or who's watching. If you truly love somebody, you will serve. You will serve doesn't matter whether people notice it or not or bothered about it. True love serves. You see, without love, our service will be just out of obligation, out of duty. And some, perhaps even out of guilt. But with love, it becomes obedience. Without love, we are concerned about what others see. Our our service is just to show people that we are good. We are loving. We are concerned about what others say. But when love is there, you are concerned with what God sees. Without love, we have the attitude, it's not my job. But when love is there, you will say, this one is mine. Whatever it takes, I will do it. Love makes all The difference. True love serves. The Bible tells us in John chapter 13, verse 4 to verse 6 there was a disciple by the name of Judas. He doesn't have love, he doesn't love the master. He loves himself, he loves money. He was in need for the money, for the glory, for the power. So what happens? He betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people who serve without love. But the end will be destruction. The end will be obvious to all. But there are people who serve with love. Great will be their reward. So true love serves. The message Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile. Come on, everybody, give me a smile. That's right, that's right. Smile looks beautiful on you. And, and and work with a smile on your face always keep it in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders you are really serving God we thank God for those who are serving God we thank God for those who work with a smile we thank God for those who go the second mile, and not just wanting to get by. We thank God for those who love God. We thank God for the manifestation of true love serves. And there are many in our midst who have done that and who continues to do so. These are the happy volunteers in our church. Hallelujah. They serve with a smile. Look at all the happy volunteers in our church. Many of these are wearing the T-shirt today. Some are not. Some of their T-shirts, they, they work so hard their T-shirts worn out already. We need to give you a new T-shirt. We need to print new T-shirts perhaps. But these are the happy, happy volunteers in our church. And you wonder, hi. Hey, some, some of these happy volunteers have been serving for umpteen years. Thirty years, forty years, fifty years. We have people like Pastor Mary. Pastor Mary, how long have you been here? Fifty years, fifty over years. Can you just imagine serving God for fifty over years? <laughs> she and, and and Arthur Lee, oh, tremendous couple. And we have people like Lindri there as well. She's not just a new kid on the block. She's been around for a long time and still wearing that t-shirt. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. And there are many others as well. There are many, many others here. It doesn't mean only those who are serving 30 years can get recognition. Even if you have been serving the Lord for three days, three hours, you are part of the team. Amen? You are part of the team. The happy volunteers. And it is because of you that our ministry here continues to progress. It is because of you that we are able to have even the service here today. For example, every weekend, do you know that? Do you know that hundreds of volunteers are involved? If you are not involved, you think you just you, you just drive in and you just come in, you sit down, and you see a few people. Ushers greeted you and all that. But those are the people that you see. There are hundreds of them, literally hundreds of them that are involved every every weekend. From the car park to the communion when we have communion to the washing of the cups to the setting up of the place to the music to the AV to everybody. So many people involved. The happy volunteers. So to all these happy volunteers these are the people who serve with love. Otherwise, hey, you cannot serve in this church for 30, 40, 50 years without love what keeps them going. I'm sure they have their fair share of problems and challenges and sometimes they just feel like throwing in the towel. But love keeps them going. And many of them serve sacrificially, sacrificially. Some of them not only give of their time, time is precious. They also give even of their finance. Not just in tithes and offerings, but beyond that. Even in the ministries that they are doing, they put in extra money for, 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 uh, in order to get certain things done. So to all these people, we want to say thank you for all you do, volunteers. Let's give them all a big hand. And if you volunteers have not collected your calendar, please do so at the end of the service. It's free of charge for you, for the volunteers. We are really appreciate you. Thank you so, so very much. True love serves. We love our volunteers. Do I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Love them, huh? don't abuse them, okay? Love them. So you know who you are, you know why you are serving. But how are we to serve? We must take the opportunity to serve. Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 Therefore, as we have opportunity, opportunities will be a plenty there will be many opportunities to serve the Lord. Just like in life, there will be many opportunities that come your way. Businessmen, you know that there are many opportunities to make money. And if you don't seize that moment, it may go away and you may not make it already. There are opportunities for service as well. Seize them and you will be, You will reap the, 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 the rewards of service. So, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. How do you seize the opportunity? It's by taking the towel. Bible says Jesus took uh, the towel. Now it was customary in those days when guests visit a home, the host or the servants of the host will wash the feet of the guests because the roads are dirty and dusty and all that. So when they come to visit you, you will have their feet washed. If the host is not there, the servants, of course, uh, will do it. And and if both are not there, the first person that that comes into the house will be the one that will wash the rest of 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 the people's feet. And so we have here 13 men in the upper room. Their feet are dirty. Everybody knows it. Some can even smell it. Stinky feet in that enclosed room. And they know the tradition, the culture. Feet need to be washed. And they're going to have supper also. Washing of their feet is as important as washing your hands before eating. Especially when you know that your hands are dirty. And so here they were looking at each other. A little bit of unease, discomfort. Everybody waiting for everybody else. But nobody made the move. They know what needs to be done. Nobody did it. 120 toes that need to be washed. Nobody move. Only Jesus. He took the towel. Twelve disciples, what are they doing? Somebody should have volunteered, isn't it? Why wait for Jesus? They know what needs to be done. Somebody should have volunteered. But everybody thinks that somebody will do it. And that's the problem. There's nobody by the name of somebody. So nothing gets done. They waited for each other. Someone should have volunteered. One of the disciples thought, come on, Peter, do it. And Peter is thinking, hey, my feet walk on water, you know. None of the disciples did that. I'm too great. I'm too mighty and powerful. I cannot wash the disciples' feet. Somebody cast a glance at James. Come on, James. Take up the towel. James was still he remembered the time when he was at the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw the glory of the Lord. He met Elijah and Moses. Too great to wash the disciples' feet. John, come, what about you, John? John who laid at the bosom of Jesus, who knows Jesus so intimately, with that kind of intimate knowledge of the Master. Surely, he's too great to wash. So he goes down the line. Somebody should have volunteered, but nobody did. Why? They had an attitude problem. What's the attitude? Just previous to this incident, to this occasion, they were quarreling, arguing among themselves as to who is the greatest in the kingdom. Can you just imagine? After being with Jesus for about three and a half years, They are still arguing among themselves who is the greatest. And they did not see. They saw, but they did not bend down and take up that towel and wash one another's feet. Attitude problem. They were concerned about rights and superiority than they were about service. You see, service is an attitude. It is not just an action. We can do all the action of service, but when the attitude is wrong, and it is because, you know, out of superiority, complex, and all those things, then it's, 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 it, it loses its value. Service is an attitude. Serving is not just what we do. Serving is who we are. And we are servants of Almighty God. Servants of Almighty God. sees the need and just meet the needs. Doesn't matter about position, doesn't matter about ranking, doesn't matter about humbling ourselves, we just do it. That's what servants do. It's an attitude. And it's a privilege for us to serve. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, Jesus said. It is when you and I embrace a cause that is worthy of our very best, worth the personal sacrifice, worth the investment of our personal time and energy, then we become true servants of Almighty God. Foot washing isn't just about foot washing. There are some denominational churches that practice food washing, and there's nothing wrong, all right? I'm not degrading that. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's, it's fine. It's great as long as the spirit is correct. But do you know that food washing can be found only in these passage of Scripture in John chapter 13? All the other gospel writers did not record this event. All of them recorded the Last Supper in that upper room. And Jesus gave it as a command. That's why we do it and it's found in Corinthians and other letters as well. But food washing is only found in John and nowhere else in the New Testament. And Jesus says, I have set for you an example. It's an example given to us. It is not a command. So what is Jesus trying to teach us? Is it just about food washing? I think some of us, we will appreciate food massage and reflexology more than food washing. So it's not just about food washing, although when churches on occasion they want to do it, it's fine. But what Jesus is teaching is about serving others. It's about picking up a towel and not a title. Jesus says, I have given you an example. An example. Do as I have done. And then he talks about service. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. It's about service. The greatest among you must be a servant. He washed the disciples' feet, not so that they will be just nice to one another, not just that they will feel good. He set an example that you go out into the world You go and serve the people. You go and serve the people of God. You go and serve the community. You go out and serve. That's what it is all about. Service. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Good works. Service. And God has prepared in advance for you and for me to do. So there are works that need to be done. Opportunities to serve the Lord. But why is it that some people do not serve? Pastor, don't, 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 don't. I just want to come and just come to church. I receive the word of the Lord. I worship the Lord and enough already. Service, oh, no, no, not for me. Why is it some, some people do not serve? Maybe because they don't feel they have anything to offer. Oh, I don't know how to play guitar. I don't know. I, I, I got nothing to offer. Maybe the work of the ministry, they think is to be done by full-time pastor. That's what we pay you for, pastor. And I see you only preach once a week and sometimes you are absent some more. They think it's all for the full-time people. All the work is currently been done, so... When a, float, a slot opens up, they figure they will just jump right in. But until then, they are contented where they are. The positions of service that are available do not fit my gifts. I know the needs out there, but I, I, my my things are different. So because of that, they lay back. Some say I'm too old, some say I'm too young. What age is correct? To offer my services would be prideful. Oh, I'm, we are Asian pastors, we don't offer ourselves. We don't parade ourselves. We don't offer ourselves. That's that's pride. If you want me to serve you, to have the discerning of the Spirit, and you call me. I cannot call you. The available jobs are not very appealing. Driving the shuttle van, not very appealing. I have more important things to do. Or, there is always someone else to do the job. And because of that, some people do not serve. Some have very valid reasons, but many of these are just what they are. They are just excuses. What are excuses? Excuses are excuses. Why should you serve? These are the real reasons. Not just because the church needs you. That's on the bottom actually. Part of the reason, but number eight or number 80. Number one is because we were created for service. You are God's masterpiece. Number two, it proves that you belong to Christ. Number three, serving others is the way to serve God. Number four, because you owe God everything. Number five, it's the best use of your life. Really, it's the best use of your life. Number six, it makes life meaningful. Number seven, it will be rewarded for eternity. That's why we serve. In one statement, we serve because true love serves. All out of love for the glory of God. Going to church is only half of it, half of your Christian life. Thank God for all of you who come faithfully to the the house of the Lord. That's great, but that's only half of it. We need to be loving others by volunteering. That's the other half. Serve the Lord. That's the other half. You're coming to church, that's great. But God has greater work to do in your life. He has greater things in store for you in your life. Let Him do it. Let Him complete His work even in your life that you may love, that you may grow, and that you may serve by volunteering yourself even in the house of the Lord. And listen to verse 17. After the washing of the disciples' feet, Jesus told them, Do you understand what I'm doing? Do you understand what I'm saying? Many of them still could not grasp. it, And Jesus said, John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you know them. No, He did not say, you are blessed if you know them. A lot of us have just this head knowledge. We know all the theology, we know all the things to do and things not to do. We know all the needs in the church, we know them in the head. We know all the blessings that God has in store for us, but we know them in the head. Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The blessings lie in the doing, not the knowing alone. So now you know, okay, what do you do? That's the key. The living Bible puts it even more strongly. You know these things now. Do them. That is the path of blessing. How many of you want the path of blessing? This is it, church. This is it. You know it and you do it. Jesus even promised, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. For all of you who are serving the Lord, remember this. God will not shortchange you at all. Sometimes you feel like throwing in a towel. You feel like giving up. Nobody appreciates you. Nobody notices you. But Jesus says, if you are serving me, the Father will honor you. Your labor will never be in vain. Even if it is just picking up the bulletin from the floor. Even if it is just washing the communion cup even if it is just giving somebody a leave, even if it is just taking care of somebody's child in the nursery, my Father will honour you because you are doing it. You are doing it. There's a blessing in store. Some of us think that serving God, oh, it's a punishment. Why must the church punish me that way? It's not a punishment. It's a joy. Amen? It's a joy. There's a blessing there. The power of blessing is through service. Myers did a study in his book, The Pursuit of Happiness. He discovered that everybody is looking for happiness. Some even say, My life goal is just to be happy. But how do you you become happy? It's not by the pursuit of happiness. Those who pursue happiness are never happy. Who are those who are happy? They are people who serve. And it's all there written in the Bible for us already. Those who serve are more content and happy with their life than those who do not serve the Lord. So, therefore, serving is good because it makes you happy and there are eternal values, as we have said. Somebody say, Amen. So no time is better spent than in the service of others. Get plugged in the church. Start serving the Lord. You can make a difference. True love, serve. Serve. True love, serve one another. You can make a difference in your life. God has placed you here and He has a purpose for you. He has a gift in your life that He wants you to use. There are many serving opportunities in our church. Can I ask you to just take out this leaflet that are inside your bulletin? Everybody have this? Anybody needs this? You don't have this when you came in? Anybody without this? You need a copy of it or you need a pen? You can just raise up your hand. I don't know whether the ushers are ready. Yeah, the ushers are ever ready. Let's give our ushers a big hand. Amen. Amen. Now, the ushers here in this list is called, Can I Help You? And they are going around now asking, Can I Help You? That's a good attitude, isn't it? Can I help you? You know? All right, so if you need this uh, leaflet or a pen, you can raise your hands and they will come around. Uh, anybody needs it? Okay, good. I think we are good. Most of you have it. Okay, there's one. Uh, somebody here on, the, on my right. Okay. There are serving opportunities for you here in our church. Don't think that because we have have 1,000 volunteers in our church that we have everybody we need. No. There are many, many other areas of ministry. And in any case also, it's more for yourself. We want to help you to serve God. To bring out the best that God has in your life. Some of you have great talents and giftings that are untapped. You are using it in the world, you know, just to make money. And when all the services are gone, everything kaput and burn up in, in, in fire. But when you serve the Lord and dedicate it unto the Lord, it will have eternal values alright, so we encourage you to use that things even to serve the Lord, what are the areas, can I help you in the service ministry, so many areas of service ministries from the young to the old, alright and uh, my home is your home, you can be a cell host, bling bling shine shine, we got new names for all these ministries now, the creative side, we need creative people and uh, reach out, evangelism and follow up, this will be the emphasis in our church for this year I serve, you serve, the events. This may be the occasional event, big event that we, we organize and we need all the people that we can get. Evergreen Seniors, Take My Pain Away, the Healing Room Ministries, Young at Heart, Kids Church, Bookworms Library, Heart to Heart Life Care Community Services. Under the Life Care Community Services, we have, for example, just last month, we started the GLAD Shop, and, and, and it's doing so well right now, you know, but we need people, volunteers to help in the tagging of the clothing before they are they are, they are put into the shop. And uh, we have you know, hundreds of boxes, all right, of, of clothing, good new clothing that need to be tagged and they need to put prices on it. And we need all the volunteers that we can get. And even the food bank, oh, they are doing so well. Don't know, We are feeding about 200 families every month. And it's the volunteers who come in on Saturday. Alright, we have a warehouse here and they just pack all the food, you know, get ready to be distributed to those who are needy. You are making a difference. Thank you so much. And we have the exercise khaki, the sports ministry. And we have the MIC. Test one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. You're very good in sound system. You know how to handle all these things. Come on, use it for the Lord. Bless the church and bless the body of Christ. And musicians, thank you so much. You know, you uh, no, don't just go and, 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 and make money and serve in a bar and all that. That's fine, all right. You need extra money. But use it in the church and bless the body of Christ. And all the worship team, hi, we need everybody. Even to serve the Lord in this area, you can carry a tune. Come on, sing unto the Lord and bless the body of Christ. Many, many other ministries that are not listed here, you can make a difference. You can make a difference For example, we have people helping to sell Even the t-shirts for those who need it Sometimes we need people to mend those counters Young or old, you can do it Alright, it's just getting the figure correct This is $12, this this is $20 That's all you need to know And then you can just collect the money And you can serve Some of our people that have been serving every week every week we need reinforcement reinforcement and all it takes is just when you come to church maybe once a month you can help serve in that area all right and so you find that there are three areas that you can serve in right on the bottom all right of of, of this sheet here all right it says here commitment not to scare some of you this is not a lifetime sentencing all right oh once i'm in it i cannot get out not necessarily you want to change ministries, you can Alright And uh, first of all We are asking for a 12 month commitment Serve in that particular ministry for 12 months If you already know what which area you want to But if you are not sure You can try out for even three, one month Three months, whatever it is Alright And then after that There are those of you who can occasionally serve Like event support and other things And uh, uh, at least we have your database And we know that we can call upon you When we need help And when we need more manpower we are GTNs. Come on, everybody say, We are Gtians We, are g-tians. we love. Yeah. We serve. Bible here. Everybody say, I want, I want to serve. Oh, I'm glad it's very loud. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Say it again. I want, I want to serve. We are gtians We love and we serve. Know who you are in God. Jesus knew. Know why you are serving. He loved them. Take the opportunity to serve it to a tower. We are GTNs. Let's watch this video right now.
1: We all have a key in our hands the key that gives you access to this church, our home. We each have a part to play in this home and have been entrusted with different gifts. If you are able to sing, start singing. If you're able to connect with people, start connecting. If you're able to teach kids, start teaching. Therefore, be creative, get involved, and make a difference. We all have a part to play in the Kingdom of God. Fathers, sons, daughters, serving together in the house of God. The young and the old, serving the generations in love and grace, and grow as a follower of Christ by serving the local church. Knowing that your efforts will not end up in vain, Every hand that helped out are precious in the eyes of the Lord as everything that happened in our church is possible because of you. As a family of God in our church, making sure we put our gifts to work and let God use them to make a difference.
0: Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. These are just a few faces of those who serve. And you can belong to the family of God here and start serving. So can I just uh, 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 ask you to just take out this form right now You know, don't worry, you're not giving money, alright? Just uh, take out the form. And you are giving something that is even more precious than money. That is your life unto the Lord. Let me take it very seriously. So just put your name and your contact number, your email. And after that, in the service and ministry area, for those of you who are already serving in a particular area, you can just circle that box, alright? Circle it or darken it or whatever it is. But those of you who are not serving in any in, in, in a particular ministry as yet, but you want to serve, and right? if you are serving already in some other areas, you circle it. But if you want to serve in other areas, all right, that may be new to you, you can just put a tick, all right, just put a tick. And for those of you who are not serving in any ministry as yet and you want to serve today, just put a tick uh, 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 at the appropriate box. And then after that, you know, if there are some some other areas of ministries that are not inside here, write it under comments. And, and we'll fit you in somewhere, alright? So we are going to pray right now and after that, I'm going to ask every one of you, those of you who are already serving, all right, you fill up the form as well, alright? And come to the front here and put it into the boxes. We are inviting you to take this step of faith. Come into the altar. It's like Abraham bringing his son and placing it on the altar and say, Lord, I'm ready to sacrifice. I'm ready to do it for you. This is the path of blessing. Walking from where you are, coming here and saying, Lord, I'm offering myself to you. That act itself is a very powerful symbolic act and we encourage you to do it. Alright? Let me just pray for you first before you feel the form. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that you have poured forth your love, bestowed your love upon us so lavishly that we are called children of Almighty God. Yes, dear Lord. Today we as much as you have served us dear lord jesus and given us an example we want to live our life out in serving others in serving you touch the hearts of your people empower each one anoint each one lord that with their giftings they will serve you and surrender themselves to you they will take that step they will take that step of faith dear lord and lord They are ready, they are ready, dear Lord, to be used by you. Show, dear Lord, even that incredible way that you can use each one of them. Bless, dear Lord, I pray, even your people unite us together that as g we will indeed be the light of this world, of this community, and we will be the salt of the earth. Thank you, dear Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. So, all right, well, can you just fill up the form and shall we all stand together? And, uh, and then as we sing this song, all right, I would like to invite you to just come to the front and drop it into the box. The pastors are here to help you as well and to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody, just come and just put it in front as we worship the
1: Lord.